and welcome to Will Nerds. This is episode 303. I'm Chuck. And I'm Todd. We're going to be talking about motorcycles. And I had a vision, Chuck. I, uh, was it like a vision uh, from God? No, no. It was a vision of a bunch of engineers in Italy at Piaggio Group. <laughs> and I think they're sitting around the table, right? And they're, they're sitting there and they're just like bullshitting. And they're shit-faced. And they're shit-faced, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Italians. And the, ones, the one guy is like, okay, all right, here, here's... Here's what we're gonna do, okay? We're gonna we're gonna make bikes that have the most fucking ridiculous shit that you have to work on possible. We want we want to like make people go what the fuck at every turn. Mm-hmm. And they all look at each other and like they all got to like ride well and look good, right? And they're like, yeah, we all agree on that. Okay, good, <laughs> but otherwise, yeah. otherwise it's gonna be completely fucked up inside, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the the one guy's like, okay, all right, all right. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a spark plug wire and but i'm gonna make a plastic like housing for it and the plastic housing will go between a hose and a metal piece but here's the good bit i'm gonna make it impossible to take the head cover off the bike while this is in place but i'm not gonna leave you enough space to do it and the others are all like hey that's fucking great and then you know he's gonna wait no, no it's gonna get better so they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna lift up the tank they're gonna take this thing off it's gonna be great okay and they're going to get inside, and it's going to be really easy valves, right? It's going to be lock nut valves. It's going to be great. But here's the good bit. The lock nut is 11 fucking millimeters, because nobody has an 11 millimeter wrench. And they're all like, uh, okay. And then he's like, but here's the good part. Are we going to include one in the toolkit? And they all go, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, then the, and then the Vespa guy pops up. He's like, I have a nine millimeter nut already on the throttle adjuster, and they're all like, "Well, never mind, we're done." <laughs> yeah, I saw it. It all happened. So, why do you keep getting Italian bikes? I don't know. <laughs> this is your second one. I'm beginning to question it. I'm beginning to have serious reservations. Not just like not just get Italian bikes because you happen to chance into them, like the scooter, mm-hmm. but you like actively went after Daguzzi. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And and I'm I, you know people are like they're quirky. And I'm like, okay, quirky. Yeah, they're sort of weird looking. No, that wasn't what they were talking about. <laughs> that was not at all what they were fucking talking about. Todd, are you okay? Blink twice if you need help. <laughs> I, I, I'm all right, Chuck. Blink, 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 blink. I, I, I understand. I, 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 my usual way of getting a center stand, um, a center stand uh, spring on didn't work because it doesn't have one center stand spring, Chuck. It why, has two. Why would it? Why Why would it do such why, a thing? Why would it? It has two on a little cute little carrier thing. This is a safe space, Todd. It can't hear you down here. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is, once you once you work it, so I thankfully I went, I got the small adjustable wrench from the fucking uh, bandit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and I was able to work on it then. Um, <laughs> my bolt, my bolt for the, the bar end will arrive from Italy sometime. <laughs> in this century i don't know at this point it's it's, un, it's indeterminate what, what, what size is it uh it's a six millimeter by 55 i think okay yeah all right yeah so um um uh, yeah i i don't know not like 11 one eighths no no they're both full they're both round number they're both actual integer numbers which is something of a surprise honestly <laughs> like i would have expected i did get the bushing right away for it oh, so oh. that helps a lot oh all right yeah yeah when it arrives i will just Pushing the shit out of it. <laughs> Wait and see if I don't. Uh, big dreams, Todd. 
Big dreams. Big dreams. Big dreams. <laughs> Don't let anyone mm-hmm. take those away from. And you remember, you remember you. how good the toolkit on the on the Gucci is. Uh, yeah, that that sheet metal can opener. Yeah, it has a sheet metal can opener <laughs> and two Allen wrenches. Yeah. Would you care to guess which Allen bolts on the actual heads of the engine those operate? None of them. None of them. <laughs> Not one of them. Not one fucking bolt. I, oh my god! So we know they 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 go to the bolt on the handlebar. Yeah, yep. That's the one yep. you taped in. Yep, yep. What yep. what do they work on? They appear to work on like some of like the like the 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 like the frame the normie <laughs> bolts like that like for people who are like adjusting the windscreen uh, or stuff like that. Uh, um, I adjusted the windscreen directly off because it is crap, uh, <laughs> and replaced it with a Mad's dad setup. Oh, nice, as nice. one does. Nice, yes, nice. I've been loving Mad's dad since early on. Yeah, I was time. debating whether I wanted a longer one, but I'm not sure yet. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to kind of roll with it for a bit and see what happens. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that it, it's it's been it's been an adventure. It's all back together now. Oil is in it. Special oil is in it. Special oil. Special oil. Yeah. Special. Tell, tell oil. me about this. Is it oh, from it is 10W60? Press cold pressed from yeah, olives. Cold pressed from <laughs> olives or some <laughs> shit like that. I don't even fucking know. Now, if you, and and just just as a matter of interest, if you were putting an oil drain plug on a on a sump, where would you put it? At the bottom. Yes. Yes, you would put it at the bottom. But. That is not what happened. <laughs> Did they put it at the top? <laughs> no, no. It's at the back, as one does. What? Furthermore, it is impossible to get to the oil filler without having it on the side stand, on the center stand. Do you know it is not included with the bike, Chuck? A center stand? Good guess. <laughs> You're getting the hang of this, I can tell. I should go apply for a job. Yes, yes. My, my oil filter comes down out of the bottom. Uh, okay. And when you when you when you and when you undo after draining all the oil through the drain hole, the 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 nominal drain hole, <laughs> you pour the oil filter out, and it promptly dumps another cup of oil on you. Uh, because of course it would. <laughs> because of course it would. Why wouldn't it? Why the fuck would it not? It's like you've never worked on bikes before, Todd. <sighs> yep. I. <laughs> yep. The bandit has spoiled me. <laughs> apart apart from the whole like. Can you get this oil filter in behind these pipes game? The bandit has spoiled me. Japanese efficiency. Japanese efficiency. At its finest. <laughs> so yeah. So that that's been that's been a been a Well, I've got some good news for you. Okay. Borderlands three. Oh. We okay. both play it. Oh yeah. But we've never played together because we're on different platforms. Right. Yes. But now they've done the cross platform update. Woo! We can play from our respective I play on a PC, you play on your Xbox. Xbox, yeah. Yeah. So we can finally play Borderlands 3 together. Nice. Um, nice. My my Steam gamer tag, Steam tag is test case. If anyone else wants to add me and play Borderlands. There you go. Go play Borderlands with Chuck. He's lonely. I am so sad. lonely. So sad. And I'm so bad at Borderlands. You just you just got to find the combination of things that just break the system. That's what I, yeah. I, <sighs> I, I read people doing that on Reddit, mm-hmm. and that I I am not you just can't do it. I'm not wired that way. Okay. Instead, I'm like, would most look good with this gun? <laughs> that that's my thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this I like this gun because it talks to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do like the ones that talk. Yeah, yeah, like the the the, the bitter ex girlfriend. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm I'm not the number gaming type. Ah, okay. Those dudes on on the Reddit, they're well, they're they're a little too far down the rabbit hole. <laughs> they're they're dedicated. <laughs> um. Also, and our our Goonie um, mm-hmm. file mm-hmm. is uh, a picture that uh, I will include in our show notes. A picture which looks uh, what is that like a Ulysses? Um, I you know I, like Ulysses. I, I kind of thought it looked like a Pan American. Uh, looks a little like a Pan America. Yeah. 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 This was posted on Buell Motorcycle Company's uh, Facebook page back in March before we started back up again. Oh, okay. So I just kind of been sitting on it. Hmm. That is uh, that is clearly a computer generated render of something that looks a little like Ulysses and a little like a Pan America With and a, a little like an emoji. Well, yeah. It's got an emoji generator on the front, mm-hmm. essentially. Yes. You want happy faces? Here's happy faces. <laughs> or in this case, judging face judge face i mean i mean if it was me i'd wish it had more eagles on it but that's more a personal show. skulls well i'm sure there's there's aftermarket skulls and eagles and flames. I, I mean well, well for, okay to be fair if there were to be an aftermarket set of things for this mm-hmm. that would mean there would have to be a before market or even a now market. <laughs> a market <laughs> a, a, let's start with the now market can we do that uh yeah so i mean i i i kind of want to Put someone from Buell and BMC Buell. I, I, it's hard for me yeah, which, to call which it. Which is this anyway? Which which Buell MC is this? This is the uh, former EBR. You know, it was uh, bought by that yeah. one dude. Mm-hmm. He's. I guess they've since gone on and acquired the rights to Buell, the name Buell Motor Co- Motorcycle Company. Oh, okay. So they are now Buell. I'm at a point now of I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. I it just just gets weirder and weirder now. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, you look in their Facebook page; they've got a dude who's is riding a Buell engine trail bike in races. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's winning trails. I mean, that's like the the last bike model they've pimped is this trails bike, mm-hmm. and they've got a dude who's who's you know racing it hmm. as or competing, I guess, in trails events, mm-hmm. and it's just uh. And, you know, they, and they post, oh, here's a you know a customized blast. And I'm like, what is it? 2004. What are we? What are we doing with the blast? We're you don't make them. <laughs> <laughs> We're using it to. Um, a... So I don't know. Mm, I think I think this is one of those. This is one of those ones where we have the the luxury of being able to wait and see. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I want a goonie looking bike with two headlights. I'm good. <laughs> I even have a mustache like this bike does. That was, that, so, so the bat signal has also been called a mustache. Now, and I'm, I'm kind of okay with either. I think okay. it works in either case. Okay. I like bat signal. Bat signal is still better, but you know, activate mustache light has a certain. This, this feel. to me, it's this, the bikes, th- this bike, this Buell adventure so, bike. It's not mad, Todd. Mm-hmm. It's just disappointed. All I can see is a Ulysses. With like one of those like cheesy eBay LED strips below the lights. Uh-huh. That's, that's the only thing I can see in this. <laughs> it's picture. a Ulysses. It with looks an exactly opinion. like a Ulysses. With no, not even just just a, one of those cheesy eBay just LED. The, 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 you know, like okay. you know, like the Jeeps that are like the, the they're Walmart. trying to be cool with the yeah you know, the Walmart LED action. Yeah, yeah no, it's that. that that's, that's what that's, you're that's seeing. What's, going on. what's happening? It's happening it is, right now. It's it's weird. I don't know. I kind of want to reach out to. Mm-hmm. I can't call him Buell, man. I just can't. Just can't. I don't think Eric's involved. He's not. No, no, no. So I, I just, I'm, I am 
It's what? Buell, legally distinct from Eric Buell. You know what this is? You know what this is making me think of right now? What's that? This is like weekend at Eric's. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you got the, the, the auction the liquid liquidator company and mm-hmm. they're holding up the Yeah. Hey, yeah, they're dirty. trying to they're trying to make yeah. Trying to make it they're like, look, it's a bike, it's, it's totally here. It's totally cool. Okay. Yeah. We're going for a ride, everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you want to look 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 at some bikes that are actually for sale? Uh no. 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 No, that's not where we're starting today, no. Chuck. Okay. We're gonna look at bikes that are for buy. Ah, yeah. Okay. Chuck. I want to buy mini pocket bikes 50cc. I want to buy pocket bikes running or not. Send me pics info and asking price also. Looking for anything else with a motor that I can fix up. That's weird. Okay, all right. I mean, eh, whatever. Let's go to the okay, next All right. Well, next this is... I want to buy sport bikes. Wait. What? I want to buy sport bikes. Any make, end model, in any condition, running or not. Send me pics info, asking price, and I will get back to you in a timely manner. Okay, two in a row is picture of a sport bike provided weird. for reference. I guess I don't know. Yeah, two in a weird okay. a row is all right. Weird, but I know. Just, no, I'm just assuming just that's keep. just a weird thing. I want to buy non-running pocket bikes, mini bikes. Jesus Christ! I want to buy non-running pocket bikes, mini bikes, etc. Send pics, info, and asking price. This is like a goddamn organ harvesting trap. Mm, no, no, they're certainly not gonna. I want to buy sport bike motorcycle. <laughs> How many of these ads are there? I don't. No, I want to buy sport bikes. Any make model, any kids just running or not. Send me pics and info, asking price, and I will get back to you in a timely manner. If you have both kidneys, please specify. <laughs> I have provided pictures of somebody else's bike. Please provide blood type. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> the same, it's the same picture pictures from in a different the order. Ads. Yep. <laughs> what is this? I don't even know. So I'm assuming there's, there's a couple possibilities. Number one is this is actually somebody who buys people's shitbag bikes and fixes. And he's just bad at the internet? I, and he's just bad at the internet. Now, the other possibility is this is just like some fucking spammer just basically harvesting. Organs. Organs. <laughs> or is... pictures of bikes and descriptions. You know, because when, when I was when I was getting a lot of the weird stuff when I was selling the Best Buy, mm-hmm. you know, and I specified a lot of the day. You know, I, I know how to make an ad. I've been making fun of them long enough that I know what a useful one has in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, here's the rough mileage of it. Here's the where it's at, you know, blah, 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 blah. Here's what you want to know. And they, here's what you actually want to know. They would then ask me stuff that was in the ad. <laughs> and like, you know, has it always been in Utah? And I'm like, an odd thing to ask. Except for the times it wasn't. Yeah, except for all the times I wrote uh, it, it was somewhere else. Yes, it was. Like, <laughs> what the hell is that? Will anyone notice you're gone? And I, I, I'm, I look at this and I'm, I'm thinking just be, you know, the bad English and sort of nonsensical, like trying mm-hmm. different combinations of words to make it slightly different thing. This to me feels like when you answer this person, they will take all that info down and they will use it to post a fake bike ad and scam someone else. It's <laughs> probably what's going to happen. Here. They'll be like, That's... tell me about your bike. Send me pictures of your bike. And you send pics and you send a lot of info and they ask you a bunch of questions and they're going to turn around and they're going to make a fake bike ad mm-hmm. to steal some money from somebody. Okay. Think what's going on here? I still think people are being uh, yanked off the street into uh, windowless vans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to sell a bike. Yeah, the only thing that's really weird about it, it appears to be the same name every time. <laughs> now, whether that's an actual person, uh, who knows? Total crap, dude. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do we got next? It's trade. Oh, restored. Oh, 
It's a 2002 Royal Enfield Bullet 500. Beautifully restored. Open to trades. Looking for older mini bikes, trail bikes, and two-stroke dirt bikes, three- or four-wheelers. Please call or send message in timely matter, and I will respond. <laughs> it doesn't say that. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah it, I mean, it's an Enfield. I, I guess, why am I so excited about a restored 2002 Royal Enfield Bullet? For five grand. For five fucking grand. I mean, let's be honest. You could ship one new from India for, for you know. Yeah, was 2002 supposed to be a good year for Dranfield? No. Is that a vintage year? No. Are, are there dudes around no. who were like well, I, okay, where? swirling? Is the question. India? Yes. This bike in India, like, there are parts for it literally fucking everywhere. Like, if you're riding around India, you ride on an old ratbag Royal Enfield from mm-hmm. the early 2000s when it became Indian-owned mm-hmm. because there's fucking parts. Yeah. Don't you worry. There's mm-hmm. parts and there's people who know how to fix it and mm-hmm. somebody's uncle and you know, like, it, mm-hmm. yeah, but, mm-hmm. uh, it's really not, I would say an exciting vintage on the whole for Utah. No, <laughs> I mean, it looks nice it... picture. I like it. I yeah. like the, uh, I, I do like the way it looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks pretty um, much the looks, same way they've looked for years. It looks compared to some ads we've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This, no. is, this it, is a it clean looking bike. It does appear to be an okay shape. Dusty, but you know, yeah. Okay. But five, yeah, I mean the price, I just, I, I, five for grand. a Royal Enfield. If it was, it was, a, if it was a vintage, something cool, that might be different. Or you like, know, like, like, like a vintage pre India, I, Royal Enfield. Uh, uh, they got better when they moved to India. So <laughs> <laughs> that's not necessarily. Well, you, you just, you know, you, it's like the guys <laughs> who buy old uh, triumph cars, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. They're doing it for the, the triumph. Yeah. Two. Yeah, the tramp dude. Yeah. Hi, father in law. Yeah, I just, I. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't get it. Yeah. I'm just really. This, eh. this guy's too proud of this bike. He's really proud of this bike. He's really and proud. He just wants someone to be like, this is a cool vintage bike and I'm going to buy it. There is some hipster out there who will. Who gets suckered in by this? God, I hope for his sake. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, maybe. Okay. Moving on. Speaking of actual vintage stuff Ooh, here's an interesting one it's an embargo one a 1986 honda vfr 700 that they want thirty five hundred dollars for now it is fucking immaculate mm-hmm. rare bike still in overall good condition far from perfect but runs great 25k miles clean title in my name price is firm cash only no trades don't really want to sell it so i'm just testing the waters if you're interested send me a text must provide license with motorcycle endorsement to test drive which is a good fucking idea and it's like two grand cheaper than that guy wanted for the Enfield. Right. <laughs> right. Now, the interesting thing about this is it's 700. It's rare. Do you know why they're rare? Uh, no, why? Because this is an embargo bike. Which is? So, um, Harley, um, because they were suddenly having to compete with the likes of UJMs and VFRs and other basically unkillable things if bikes, you happen to have a fucking push rod V-twin. Bikes that ran. Uh, like really well. Without fact, yes. like burning mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, yeah. leaking oil. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So they, um, they were like, they were like, okay, well, we're going to have to, um, we're going to, we're going to make an embargo against Japanese bikes over a certain CC. Can you see where this is going? (laughs) Are you, are you picking up what I'm putting down now? Uh huh. And so all of the Japanese 750s mysteriously via methods unknown, but possibly just new pistons. Ancient Japanese secret. Ancient Japanese secret of slightly larger pistons became 700s. Mm. for a couple years while this embargo was going 
round i want smaller bike <laughs> no it wasn't even that it was round i charge massive tariffs on bigger bike mm, yeah, so they get smaller bike damn well smaller bike yeah so if you if you look around this point in the mid 80s right around here mm-hmm. um all of them the gs's the kz's the vfrs the cbs they're all 700, 700. Mm. top to bottom mm-hmm. now the problem with that is is a lot of the parts are the same Some are not. <laughs> important to know so so rare in this case does not mean like rare and good the vfr 750 from two years after this was fucking amazing this one is semi good could you swap the motor i probably I mean, like, I don't 100% know, but probably. Mm. I mean, it was just, it was mostly, it was either, it was either a different piston or a sleeved, same goddamn thing, mm-hmm. right? Just something to meet, you know, the, meet the, the, the word. Yeah. In the same way that the, you know, in the same way that like the, the GS 1150 was basically a bored out 1100. Mm. And then most people take the 1150 and bore it even further to make it even less reliable and faster. But bigger. But, well, it's bigger. Bigger. That was a that was a bike that could go way faster than any of its running gear could handle. I, I have a vision of one of those tankers pulling into the L.A. Harbor mm-hmm. and being met by you know trade and immigration, mm-hmm. and they're like, "You can't unload those motorcycles; they're over 700 cc." And like three Japanese dudes are like, <laughs> they go running off, come back with a whole bunch of covered in oil and stuff. No, <laughs> 700. It's okay. Big yeah. thumbs up. I'm pretty sure that's about how my <laughs> hero hero checked all of them right now. <laughs> right, hero? Uh, <laughs> 700. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it's rare, but not not for the right reasons. Um, but it, 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 you know, it, it's immaculate. It cost it it it, it sparks nostalgia because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that that's like my generation. Yeah. No, it was so cool. Old. It was cool. It's just yeah, the problem. It's cool. The problem. The problem is that the Gen fours and Gen fives were way just fucking better. Mm-hmm. They just eat its fucking lunch. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as time will do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We give old Japanese stuff. 1983 Honda CB650 Nighthawk for twenty five hundred dollars. Mm. I have a very clean Honda Nighthawk for sale. Eighteen thousand six hundred miles. For the most part, it is stock. I have aftermarket mirrors. Blinkers, headlight, and windshield on there. I do still have the original parts as well as a cafe-style seat. The engine has no leaks and runs really great. The tires are pretty new and still have good life on them. There's a small dent on the gas tank. I should leave that in. The tank also has this rubber light. (laughs) The tank also has this rubber-like paint on it. It peels off easy enough. I may take it off here soon. The blue paint underneath is in good shape, I think. I do drive it here and there, so the miles may go up slightly. Clean title in hand. Wow. So this is this is another like older bike that's actually been cared for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all sun bleached. The instruments are actually like you can read them. And he is very informative about yeah. He's what's going on talking about what's going on so he he's, he's a person who knows this bike yeah <laughs> and not just asking you to call in a timely manner ladies and gentlemen <laughs> if you're thinking of buying an older bike this is the type of ad you want to talk to this is a human being because while while it is not the cheapest nighthawk and you could if i'm being perfectly honest probably get something different slash better for the same price 
if for some reason you like CB650s. What would you say is a good price on this bike? Mm, Given the size and all that, I wouldn't go 2,500. I mean, honestly, for a bike this old, I'd be really hard pressed to be going over. Okay. I mean, like, I like if it was a collector's item. Okay. But you know, if it's like if it's a 1976 uh, immaculate CB6 750 Nighthawk, Mm -hmm. that's a piece of fucking history, right? Okay. 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 Yeah. But this, this is a this is another UJM, (laughs) of which there are many. Mm -hmm. Notably, there's one right behind it Mm -hmm. uh, in this picture. Mm -hmm. So you know, may also be for sale. Possibly also for sale. Who knows? But yeah, I, I it seems a little steep. I mean, like I said, it's in great shape. It looks like it's been really well taken care of. But twenty five hundred bucks can get you quite a lot of bike. Yeah, especially if you're willing to fix them a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. Something really nice that's a little shitty in some way. Right. Eh, you know. Right. You get some. It's not going to get you a restored uh, Royal Enfield though. No, no, it's not going to get you restored Royal Enfield. But I mean, seriously, like, like. Like a, a, a kind of beat up old, like first gen Strom, um, honestly, like a fifth gen Viffer that's like a little banged up, it's mm-hmm. probably available for a similar price. And, you know, like. You think? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you get, you get, you, in your head right now, you're doing that thing, right? Where like the 80s was 20 years ago, Chuck. Yeah. yeah the 80s was 40 years ago, Chuck. Um, so <laughs> you got to. You got don't do that thing in your head. The Viffer and the Strom, they're fucking old. They're 20 years old. That bandit out there is 20 years old. Yep. Just 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 drink it in for a minute. Mm-hmm. You see the problem now. Shut up. Uh-huh. Okay. There we go. Scale scale has been restored to the conversation. God damn it. 1983 Yamaha Midnight Virago 920. Ooh. $1200. Now we're fucking talking. Okay. So our 1983 Midnight Virago, new tires and wheels and all the extra parts and all that kind of shit. But what you really care about is the 920 Virago engine. What's going on with the gas tank? That is what it looked like. It had a thing sticking out of it? Oh, I don't know what's sticking out of it there. That's weird. That looks like that's an aftermarket dickery kind of thing. That's so technical, Todd. It tells me, yes. it explains everything to Somebody, me. Somebody's <laughs> done something with the gas cap. The gas cap was probably fucked and they made something. <laughs> what did they do? I don't know. They appear to have screwed a thing into another thing. And uh, thus can we click on that? Up. Does that make it bigger? I, I don't know if we can embiggen. Embiggen. Enhance. In, yeah. Nope. Where's the, no love? Where's the Yeah, it looks AI. like they got they got some sort of wing nut and uh like like rubber stopper thing going on with that one. That's all I can look at. But honestly, if you if you want a cruiser that doesn't look like a fucking with awful buckhorns and everything, uh-huh. but will blow the fucking doors off of almost every other cruiser on the road yeah you go by uh-huh yeah uh-huh yeah someone tell me what that is i don't know someone write in and tell me what tell, that is tell us what this I, i'm telling you i think i think there's it's probably like some sort of like like rubber squeezy thing where if you tighten it down it squeezes and closes the gas cap and you unscrew it and it pops out that's my guess that's what i'm going with my story and i'm sticking with it uh-huh the key thing, though, is if we're talking about an old bike, 1983 bike, $1,200 for a Virago 920 that runs. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. Now, parts are going to be a bitch. Like, he's not kidding when he says it's a rare bike. Okay. Uh, but. Well, like you said, it was over 40 years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is about this is about 40 years old almost. 
Asshole. Um, but it's fucking fast. Okay. And it's fucking fast at any RPM. This is this is engine reminds me. Actually, it's kind of what the Guzzi reminds me of is this kind of engine. Uh-huh. Like, what RPM do you need for power? And it's like, um, uh, yes, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> sure. Fuck it, why not? <laughs> I was asking, the only the big problem with the Viragos is there's this amazing engine. They look just pig ugly. Every Virago is fuck ugly. Didn't you have a Virago? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. No, a friend bought a 750 Virago where I got to be reacquainted with how fucking great the engine is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, all yeah. right. Great engine, pig ugly, all of them, top to bottom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, the seat looks comfy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, yep. Here's one that's clean. Clean! $1,000. Okay, It's Jack. a Yamaha Virago. I cleaned my garage. And I desire to sell my motorcycle. I not have the time to fix it. Mm. Last time I used was in 2017. Brand new tires, customized seat, and handlebar. Very nice bike if you know about carburetors. <laughs> also needs new battery. So, does so not actually very nice, for the record. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point out the one thing that really springs out to me about this bike that they have labeled clean. Uh-huh. Which is what it is not. Clean? Clean. Specifically, <laughs> this bike is not clean. This bike is covered in fucking dirt. Yeah, a lot of dirt. I mean, this is just like, this is just me giving basic pro tips, but if you're going to take a picture of a bike you're going to sell, maybe just like... Hose it off? Not even not even hose it off. Hose it off is too hard. Just like... like, like hose pick up it like off a, is too hard? Yeah, pick up like a hat and like wave it at it to get some of the <laughs> dust off. Just anything. Literally anything. What the fuck is that by the front wheel? Um, I don't know. The mind boggles, Chuck. Oh, all right. Yep. Uh, no idea. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, some pressurized air. So yeah, pressurized air. You honestly mm. just lean down and like blow, blow. on it. <laughs> yeah, just just blow on it. Rub, rub a whoa, paper whoa. towel. If you do that, something might fall off of this bike. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I, 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 but the really funny part about this is, of course, they want a thousand dollars for it. Uh-huh. If you know about carburetors and a battery, okay, let's talk about $1,000 bikes with not working carburetors. Not when they're this old. <laughs> <laughs> and? That's all. That's all? Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, a Bandit, the Bandit had carburetors for shit, but it was only 20 years old. Uh-huh. I yeah. just said that. Those two phrases together, only 20 years only old. Only 20 years old, yeah. You know, 2009 was 14 years ago. No, it wasn't. Oh, wait. You no. are terrible at math. I am. What are we? What math. are you from the future? <laughs> 2000, what was it? Uh, 14 years ago is what? 2007? I don't know. 2006? No, seven. Listeners, eight. please call in and help Chuck do math. Well, you're right there. Okay. Well, you. At least do some hard math. Like, how long would it take you to drive from San Diego to, What's say... What's 14 years ago, Todd? 14 years ago? Yeah. Uh, it's 2020 minus 13, so it's 2007. 2021. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's 2020 minus 13. It's 2021 minus 14. Oh, okay. Now I'm with you. Yep. Anyway. What was it? How... how 2000 what? Seven. Okay. No, I really, I really didn't hear you. You're just, you're just gone. Um, okay. <laughs> I've been doing a thing all day fair enough sitting in a hot barn 
mm-hmm. with a turkey. With a turkey. Okay. <laughs> and swallows shitting on me. <laughs> I mean, Albert, you want to spend your weekend. I'm not going to judge. Shut up. But but I, I ask you again, though. Hard math now. How long does it take you to drive from San Diego to Florida? Uh, a couple days, two days, days. You know, you'd think that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. But you'd be wrong. We're on with uh, Axe DeCrife, uh, a dude who rode a uh, BMW S1000RR from San Diego to Jacksonville. Well, Florida, lots of people do that. Uh, in one stretch, like 33 hours. Wait, well, but what, what? He had to pee. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you got to pee, right? You got to pee. Hey, Axe. Yeah, how's it going, guys? It's great. Uh, my first question from you right off, I, I watched the movie. And, uh, dude, what is your day job? And is human trafficking as lucrative as they say it is? <laughs> uh, no, it's a giant expensive hobby, actually. Uh, the day job, I'm an engineer by degree, mechanical engineer. Uh, and so I've always had some kind of engineering job except for the – the two years or so I did a, the motorcycle shop full-time where I built choppers in Florida. But other than that, I've always had a some kind of engineering job during the day to pay the bills so I can go do my uh, nonsense in the uh, spare time. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, because your stable is impressive in, in the movie. And, and this is covering a period for what, 2015, 2016? Uh, let's see. It would have been the filming would have been probably 2013 to 14 oh, range okay. for the most part. Some okay. of the last scenes were newer, but, uh, mm-hmm. one thing I will caution you is never mistake poor financial management for wealth. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what do you got in the garage now? So right now I've got, uh, the Cadillac CTS yet, the Cadillacs that you see in the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a 2014 Porsche 911 Turbo S that you see just in the tail end. Um, I think in the kind of the credits or the end scenes. There were a lot of Porsches in there. Yeah, I've had several over the years and this is the newest one. Uh, both of the CAD and the Porsche have the thermal vision systems I've installed in both those that you saw installed on the bike in the movie. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then I've got the dog's car, which is the Volkswagen, uh, diesel daily driver. Mm -hmm. And I've got the green chopper, the gripper you saw in the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, I still have the S 1000 RR. And then I have the, after the, uh, deer wreck you see at the end of the movie with that S RSV four Aprilia, Mm -hmm. um, since I survived what should have been a fatal wreck, I celebrated and went out, bought the big 1100 RF after that. So that probably is the third bike out there now. Wow. Did the bike you hit the deer with have the FLIR? No, it did not. And uh, it kind of makes me wish I had. Um, so, so talk to me a little bit about that. Cause I was, I was, I was, I guess when I read the initial idea of the, 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 you know, FLIR equipped bike, I was like, Oh, so he's not going to use headlights. So he's invisible. And then I got thinking like, that seems unsafe. And then I saw you using it, and it, it it's like supplements. So talk, talk a little bit about that. Where did you get the cool. idea for that? So when I started, um, there was a trip where I took the S1000R. I drove it from Texas to Colorado, 1,000 miles straight, left here at like 1.30 a.m. Hmm. And on the return trip, didn't really think much of it on the way out, but on the return trip later that fall – 
I missed a carcass. I was doing well over three digits and missed a carcass by less than a foot. And I thought, geez, you know, if I'd, you know, been a foot over to the side, which on a bike, you can be all over a lane, you know, I'd be laying out here decomposing next to that thing. Right. Um, so I, I figured I needed some better way of doing it. The headlights on a bike are great up to a limit, but if you're doing, you know, mid, mid hundreds, you know, or anywhere in there, your, your headlights are just, they're not going to be enough. As you do. <laughs> as, well, as they I, don't, and they don't light up the sides well either. Cause as I was, you know, I was, I was, I was sitting here, I'm watching the, doing the weird, like moving my eyes between the two. I'm watching the little infrared screen and going, what if a little blip shows up on the side of the road? Yeah. You hit the right. brakes is what you do. Um, <laughs> plain and simple. It's that it's, you have to react that fast. I mean, it's, so when I realized, you know, like, Hey, this is a huge shortcoming with, with driving at night like this without a, a that vision for high speeds. So what I did is I started looking at actual uh, night vision. And when I researched it a little bit more, what I started learning was that night vision is not the way to go because when you're imagine meeting somebody on the highway with night vision, right. it'll blind you. You're blind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And thermal is so much more effective. And, uh, you know, cause it creates these real hot spots for the heat. So mm -hmm. if you see an animal, it's going to show up better. If you see a, uh, let's say a law enforcement off to the side of the road, hiding in the trees, you're going to see that. And it's just a better way to do it. So, I started researching it, and what I found was this FLIR camera. It's the same stuff they used over, you know, in the Gulf Wars and that. Uh, you see a lot of the videos where they, they have them. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I found one of those and mounted it in the Cadillacs first, and that's the trip you see in the movie, to test it. And then I went ahead and installed it on the bike. And obviously, you know, you have to do a lot of work installing those things. That's not something simple. And, uh, you know, get into the electrical and everything. But... You know, it's a little bizarre because on the bike, you're 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 not augmenting it like you just commented about. You look back and forth like you could in the car and in the car, it's easier to kill headlights. But on the bike, you're basically staring straight down at your gas tank and that's it because you you have to get to the point where you trust that screen more than your own eyes hmm. looking into the dark, which a lot of us, we grew up looking for the the eyes reflecting right. back at you. You know, right. the reflectors that blink. It, exactly, and 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 that's you know, I was raised in Iowa. I won't use the words "grow up," but I was raised in Iowa, and I was used to dodging deer coming home from Iowa State or Cedar Falls at two a.m. on the old Harley, and you just learn to watch for the eyes. And so it's it takes a real adjustment and leap of faith to. Uh, get used to watching a video game basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With one life, not three. There's no reset buttons on that thing. That's how it kind of felt watching. There's that, there's that one scene in the movie where you're like pulled over and you're like, well, that's what deer look like when in the floor, oh, yeah. when they're over on over there. Yep. I'm just like, imagine coming around the corner and you're doing like 80 or 90 and you see that. Uh -huh. <laughs> you just it drop anchor. Yeah, I mean it's it's basically so the Cadillacs actually I have unfortunately I've <laughs> I've gotten three deer with vehicles in the last few years I've got more than my <laughs> buddy with his freaking shotgun that he had to throw at a fence but did you um, have to get a permit for that <laughs> No it's no it's uh, <laughs> what's the bag limit <laughs> Whatever you get caught with that's it 
<laughs> Definitely not intentional, but in the Cadillacs, I was coming around a curve a few years ago at, we'll say, a spirited pace. The posted limit. We say at the posted limit. At the posted limit. How's that? Mm-hmm. And uh, that flare lit up a giant rack deer dead center in front of me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I I hit the Brembos hard. And if he would have stayed still, because, you know, animals <laughs> will turn tail. And I'm, I've seen him turn tail too many times on me. And I'm like, damn it. So you're trying to read his mind. And I scooted over and tried to get between him and the ditch to the right. And he took one more step as I was doing this and that one step caused him to hit the front left corner and his rack scratched across the hood and he went flying off that way and it did about 12 grand in damage. But had I not had that flare, uh, you know, me, him and the cat had all be crumpled up in a ditch somewhere. I mean, it was, so it, it works, but you have to react and pay real close attention for sure. So, so to give folks a little kind of a uh, now that we've talked about we now we've nerded out about the clear let's let's talk in general about kind of the the give them a, give them a little taste of what they'll find if they go watch the movie for kind of how you prep this bike so that you could make this kind of run. Yeah, so bike prep. Um, what I started doing is I laid out a plan for what do I need to do, and what I ended up actually a result of this was what I called kind of a mitigation of. Um, uh, uh, I want to say marginal areas of performance of the human. So I tried to think of me as a human. The human is always the weak link, right? A machine is always more reliable than a human. And so I tried to think of it as a system. And this is me being an engineer, right? Okay. If you think about it as a system and the human is the weak link, well, how do you mitigate all those weaknesses? So I went through and developed this process of, evaluating like what does a human need sleep they need to use a restroom they need food um you know protection then you start looking at comfort and ergonomics and and everything else and i created that system and actually um presented that human performance uh poster research poster at a military health conference oh i figured you know i'm doing silly stuff but if somebody else can get some use out of it why not so Mm -hmm. i did a poster presentation but For the bike itself, several modifications. One of the first one is fuel stops are what kill you, right? Um, That's Mm -hmm. what takes time. Even if you do it quick and you're not going into the restroom or anything, it just takes time. But how do you buy ice cream if you don't go inside? Excuse me? How do you buy ice cream if you don't go inside, though? I'm (laughs) deeply confused. How do do you get the roadside fried chicken? I I don't know, man. (laughs) This is all so tacos. Yeah, this is what happens when you're trying to be efficient. I went into one gas station the whole trip in East Texas and bought two Slim Jims because I could feel my body fading so bad from lack of caloric intake. And you only uh, you only made it through one Slim Jim, right? Yeah, the, actually, the, I may have only had one now that you say that. I think I just you, inhaled one. You talk one about it two. in the movie like, I, I only just ate one. I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I just ate one. It's still in the bag. Yeah, actually, that's probably true now that I think back. Yeah, a little little hazy. But, um, you know, with the bike, though, the biggest thing being those fuel stops. So I re-geared it. And, you know, a bike is obviously easier than a car. You just put new sprockets on. Mm -hmm. And so I was geared to be able to do 108 in first gear. So I was using, you know, minimizing my revolutions on the bike. Massively overdriving everything everywhere. He documented that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, you know, out of the box, that thing would do uh, nine. I think that thing does 92 in first gear out of the box, if I mm-hmm. remember right. It's, Wouldn't shock it, me. 
-hmm. it's pretty high up there. I mean, you're talking, you know, 14 and a half or, you know, for RPMs, but so that was part of it. Then I ended up getting that, what looks like a barbecue smoker on the back of the bike mm -hmm. is actually five gallons of spare fuel. And then trying to figure out, well, okay, how do I get the fuel from the back into the front? So what I did is I elevated it in the back enough that I could gravity feed to the front. And then I had a separate, you know, I had a key in the bike. I had a key in the fuel tank, the primary, and I could open it. And I had a little valve and a 90 degree on there. I just dropped it in the tank, flipped the valve. I could see fuel flowing through there. And I just have the throttle lock on 85, 90, whatever I was doing was, you know, messing with this and just drain, you know, so when the front tank drained out, I'd start pumping out from the back tank and let it drain in. And that made it so that I could only, I think I about 350, 60 miles is all I, is what I could get between fuel stops, which was well over double of what I could stock. So that was a huge help for that. Um, some of the ergonomics, a throttle lock was one thing, but that proves to be fairly worthless because no racer drives around a track at cruise on 55. I mean, you're constantly modulating to get the fastest you can with the conditions. Mm. Um, I did lower and flip over the attack rear sets on it so that I could get uh, minimize my knee bend, and that made it a little bit better on the knees. And, you know, you're not hanging over sideways or anything like that. So you adjust the suspension for a little bit more comfort. Mm -hmm. I took some shin guards and cut them down and bolted them to the rear passenger pegs so that I could hook my ankles back there. So I at least had a second riding position instead of just the the normal traditional one. You know, it's not like a like a Harley. Usually you've got your footboards and then you've got the highway pegs on a crotch rocket. You're pretty much stuck with what you got. Uh, but this at least allowed a second position where I could tuck my ankles up a little higher back behind me that way. And then, um, obviously the radar detector that was Bluetooth to the phone, which then Bluetooth to the scene on the helmet. So I had my music that way and the radar alerts and then the thermal vision system being, you know, the, the biggest of the modifications, but also had to tap into wiring cause you have to charge your helmet. You have to charge your phone. Um, which I think ended up frying the phone, the eSIM card, you know, eventually after being in a rubber case on charge for 20 some hours, it finally killed it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. So, and, and so the interesting thing that I see in all of this, and as I'm watching this, I'm thinking to myself, all of these things are like normal problems with a bike that you have to solve. Yeah. But like, it's one thing to solve them for just, I'm going for a ride. It's quite another to solve them for. I literally cannot get off or I will not pull this off. Uh huh. It's, <laughs> it's a, uh, a big difference. And as you can recall in the movie, the shakedown was literally one night in the rain trying to make sure everything worked. Um, yeah. That looked like a kind of last minute thing. Isn't, isn't that well, required by the law though? That like whenever you are about to go on a big trip, you have to do a bunch of shit to your bike that you haven't tested efficient very well. Like I'm pretty sure that's a rule. Like that's like a force of nature. Yeah, or procrastination, one of the two. And I actually, I was, I'd like to consider myself fairly organized. And what actually killed me on that that shakedown was because if you know, thinking back 2014, we had a really wet spring with a lot of storms, and so. I'm sitting here bouncing along my merry way like I've got weeks to get this bike over to San Diego and start my trip. And when I actually called to arrange shipping, they're like, dude, you're at least a month out because of all the storms. We're backed up. <laughs> and so I had to to basically shake it down in one night, 
the next day drive it to Houston or haul it to Houston to skip one of the legs of pickup and and dropping off at a depot to get it there in time and make damn sure that I was able to have the bike there when I got there. So that's why I didn't get much time, you know, really testing it out. It's kind of like, well, seems to work. <laughs> let's hope everything goes all right. <laughs> hey, let's talk about that real quick. Cause like, so I looked that stuff up and typically the the route is LA to New York. Yeah. 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 Yep. So what made you pick San Diego, which is cool to Jacksonville? So, the 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 LA well it's actually New York to LA the traditional you know cross country New York to LA that was something established by the the original Cannonball runs right back in the Brock Yates years and all that and it mm-hmm. was what uh, like if you see the Alex Roy and what Rich Rawlings and all these guys were doing it was always in New York to LA and you never saw anything about any other way but I thought okay you know again trying to look at it engineerish it's like if I'm trying to do the fastest ride from coast to coast, that also means the shortest path from coast to coast across mm-hmm. the continental U.S. Mm-hmm. And as I kind of looked through it, it's like, okay, maybe that'd be L.A. to Jacksonville then. Well, San Diego actually cuts 100 miles off of the trip. Ah. So it was faster than L.A. And it actually worked out much better because I have my old college roommate, Hollywood, that's taken the uh, footage of me leaving San Diego. You know, he lived there. The San Diego BMW dealership also, I didn't realize until I was there that, you know, I said, geez, I really appreciate you guys gave me a bay to do this stuff and everything. And they informed me that while Gary, the part owner of this place, Gary Orr, he's he's got the record right now. That's who you're competing with. And Gary had made it within... He did it within 150 miles, and he never put a foot down. He had a trailer with 75 gallons of fuel behind it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a totally different approach, right? He wasn't trying uh, wait, to break they any reach land speed over and, and pour gas. It's, it's, uh, he, he, I suppose he, he had a pump. I guess he had a pump in there somehow rigged up. I mean, he had the guys out in the shop, you know, put this all together for him, and so he never even put a foot down until. 150 miles from Jacksonville Beach. Wow. He went, he goes by a cop that's got somebody pulled over. And I guess the wiring on the taillight of his trailer was flickering. Oh. And a cop pulled him over for oh, a flickering no. taillight. Oh, my God. And if I remember right, I think Gary said he was so damn mad that he just, he didn't even finish to Jacksonville. He just started driving up north somewhere else or south, whatever. Oh, um, oh yeah. Because at that point, yeah, you, what do you, you know, he blew his goal, right? That's, his goal was not to have to put a foot down, but I think at the time that he got stopped, that was 36 hours to get within 150 miles of the of the beach. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, I'm going to I'm going to break that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and he wasn't, you know, being as blatant about. He closes faces. the garage doors. All these guys pull out long wrenches. <laughs> you think you're going to break the boss's record, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, he was super cool about it. I actually got to shake his hand and talk to him before I left, which is kind of neat because, like, how many people are crazy enough to try something like this? So it's kind of cool to be able to meet, you know, someone else small that's club. done it. And, and, uh, and then it worked out really well to end up in Jacksonville because that's where I used to live, and I still have good friends there. So mm-hmm. my buddy Tracer, who, you know, I've known for years – he just left the door open and I was able to just, you know, wheel it in and crash in the guest room. And, uh, you know, I was up two hours later and riding back out to the beach to just kind of check stuff out. So uh, that route 
was very specific in being a the shortest B it was also done specifically to go west to east, not only because it's easier to end up at, at Trace's place there for shipments, but with the thermal vision, my time was going to be, my speeds were going to be better at night because there's less traffic. Mm. And that thermal gave me an advantage. So most mm. quote unquote normal people would say, well, I'm going to go the way that's going to give me more daylight. I actually did the opposite going against the sun to maximize my dark hours because that's when I could really fly. Sure. You exploit what you had there. That's when he could exactly. really go at the posted limit. Exactly. So, <laughs> Spirited so, posted. So one of the, one of the interesting things you did with the movie that I kind of liked is rather than just have, you know, road, 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 voiceover. Um, you mixed in with a character who I felt like I identified most with the movie, which is your friend on the phone or on the radio talking yeah. to you. Who is like listening to you engage in all of this shenanigans your, your operator. on a bike? <laughs> yeah, your tank. So, so, so now, now was he in on that originally, or do you have to talk him into it? Because I mean, like, that's a that's a fairly large t- bit of time from him too. So, oh, it was. Yeah, he's so he's somebody that I I met through my day job, and he's always been you know, interested in cars and, you know, technology. And every time there was like somebody would break a new cross country in a car record, you know, like, Hey, did you see this on Jalopnik, you know? And so just, you know, kind of a common interest type thing. And when I started kind of, you know, imagine don't lie, dude, he was the thing. guy you beat up for your, uh, fueling, uh, spreadsheet, isn't it? <laughs> so I wrote the spreadsheet, but yeah, he ended up uh, managing that for me too. You know, I tried to make it as painless as I could. I think it, it's funny because, you know, even as you guys watch the movie, like he's like, all right, yeah, I'm going to take a bed. You can see like he's taking a shower and he's got a new shirt on. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. good for you. <laughs> Not here. Not the case, you know? And well, so it's interesting because <laughs> like, during the, the whole movie, you know, especially when you're talking about your childhood growing up in Iowa and yeah. Florida and stuff, it's like, I'm hard drinking. I, I, I love the adrenaline. I'm living on the edge. Check out this really cool Excel macro I just made. <laughs> <laughs> and now, you know, now I don't know where to go. I, yeah, you got to keep people guessing, right? It's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's kind of a jackass of all trades, master of none, right? Like I've dipped my fingers in about everything you can imagine, especially, yeah, I mean, yeah, just man. on this project alone, like me sitting here in Adobe Premiere to edit and color correct hours of footage to make 82 minutes of a movie, um, to write and record a soundtrack. And I suck at singing as you're well aware of after watching the movie, but, but you know, at the end of the day, it's all me, right? Like this it is was all you, man. I did everything. You know, minus the bass and drums and some sound mixing. And, um, you know, so it's it's it was a really cool experience that really exploits everything from, like you say, the balls to the brains, to the arts, to the tech, all of it. Yeah, because everything that came up in a movie you were doing, whether it was Uh like painting from Fender to Fender, it seemed like you had your your hands in all of that. Yeah, the only thing I ever subbed out on the choppers was the seats. I had a buddy in Jacksonville that. Uh, he did like custom car interiors over in the hood when I lived there. And so he always did all my seats for me and did a great job and, you know, good friends with him all these years. So I was even, even on the gripper, I sent him the seat pan and let him do that finish for me. But everything else from wiring to paint to metalwork, 
tuning the engine, whatever. That's that's all yours truly. Okay. Speaking of the gripper, which was mm-hmm. one of the major parts of the movie for me. Yeah. Did you ever figure out what your electrical gremlin was? Yeah, it ended up being the alternator. <laughs> the last thing you changed. The last thing. It's always the last thing, right? Definitely. Yeah. It's. I mean, I. Yeah, and and I've had. I'm not surprised. I really did think it was the regulator, and I think that was wishful thinking. And plus, I had an extra regulator on the shelf, so why not try that first? And you don't have to crack the case to change regulator. So you're like, well, let's maybe do that one first. Exactly. And, you know, with the open primaries, I learned this years ago that, you know, an open primary is always easier for maintenance, too, because you can pop that thing. You can change a clutch easier. You can, you know, do everything so much easier. So even the, the alternator is much easier to change that stator. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, it, it ended up being the stator and I, and you know, I'm used to this years ago. I had that, the anarchist that you saw in the one with the she devil paints on mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And that damn thing, when I was in Florida, it was like on a Memorial day too, or something just to add insult to injury. And I was fighting with the fact that it, it's something electrical, right? I had literally changed the starter. I had changed the regulator twice realized it was a star washer. That was a reason the second one was giving me angst. I changed the stator in it. I changed, um, the battery. So I'd already spent several hundred, you know, hundreds of dollars and a lot of agony on this already. Right. Mm. And I feel you. So down, mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> everyone, I, yeah, everyone feels this through this. <laughs> and so I've got it up on the lift and the final thing, you know, and I'm reading 12 volts at the starter, so I just can't get it right, or I can't figure it out. I slid the rubber boot back on that $10 fucking cable between the battery and the <laughs> starter, and every one of those little, uh, the strands was cracked, except like two. So <laughs> the two strands were enough to carry 12 volts, but nowhere to carry the amperage it needed. <sighs> and I, ah, oh, so pissed. So then just to add insult to injury... As it's up on the stand, and you know, a sportster's got narrower frame rails than the chopper would. And so as I'm trying to shove this $10 cable up the side of the battery box, the whole damn thing flipped over to the left, and the kickstand went down inside this the jack stand, and it was like a pair of Chinese finger cuffs. The harder I pulled, the more it got lodged. And I shit you not, I had to dismantle that whole fucking jack stand just to get that bike up back on its feet. <laughs> That's, oh, I was pissed that day. But oh, my God, dude. Part of the love of bikes, you know. Yeah. Oh, man, that was a rotten day for this guy, yeah. though. Oh, my God. That, yeah. that, uh... no, I, I mean, you know, just, just I'm just going to throw this out as I've been working on an Italian bike recently. Maybe mm. you could take all the experience you have in knowing what, what is really fucking obnoxious to put in a bike, <laughs> and you could go work for the Piaggio group and, and oh, really? you know, put some things in there. I'm just yeah, saying. I, are you, is it an Aprilia then, or? Uh, it's a Guzzi. Um, oh, so, you know, do you, do you have an open-ended 11 millimeter wrench handy? An open-ended 11, yeah, I think I do, don't I? Okay. How about a nine millimeter? You know what? The, I remember looking for a nine and I think I found one, but it wasn't quite the shape I wanted. Now mm. that you say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, 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 uh, they're, they're really in love with the weird sizes. <laughs> uh, are they? And, yeah, and you don't really know until you're. Yeah, it's it's until it's, your knuckles deep. They got a they got a sense of humor. <laughs> it's Italian. It's yeah, Italian. it's Italian. Everybody gets a Ferrari. <laughs> so so speaking of long distance trips and kind of the, the you mentioned that the the standard trip is the New York to L A. That's certainly the one I'd heard of before. Yeah. What about Key West to Prudhoe Bay? 
I've thought about it's basically the the longest way to get. Yeah, I think that's like that's like the longest trip. I I mean, like, I think that's linearly the longest you can do in North America. I mean, unless you like went through Mexico and stuff, I suppose. Yeah, I guess in your case, you could even do like Corpus Christi to Prudhoe and and still be like, you know, coast to coast. You hit the water. Yeah. 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 If you were going. So it's funny you bring that up because I've actually thought about like, what would I do for another trip? You know, if I was going to do one and. It's it's fun to do what I did, right? Because it's mm-hmm. it's real intense and you're ringing yourself out, right? Like you're you're pushing yourself past quote unquote normal human limits and everything. And and that was extremely rewarding to come out at the end and be the best at what I love. But then you look at like, well, what would I do? Maybe when I turn 50, I'll do something else. What would I do a cross country trip again or maybe I do one where I actually took my time and got to see the country and and enjoy mm-hmm. the trip? And then I thought about just what you said, like, well, maybe I could see how fast I could go from, you know, the the upper, you know, northwest all the way to the southeast to the Keys. And um, and I thought, wow, let's see, like that would that one push me over needing to sleep because, you know, Mm. or could I still do it in one shot sleep free because I was hallucinating at 28, 29 hours. And you you start talking to yourself somewhere in the mid 20s. Yeah. And like the late 20s, you stop realizing it's yourself you're talking to, in my experience. <laughs> yep. You're having conversations internally with multiple people, and that's not a good sign. No. On the other hand, I'm sure there's some nights when Axe is sitting there thinking, gee, I wonder what a polar bear would look like on the flare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be unfortunate. Or a moose. <laughs> we, we, we could talk about moose. Yeah, <laughs> a few of them. Um, I do have a fight starter between you two that mm-hmm. I think would be fun. Okay, you guys ready, ready for this? Ready, this ready for the fight starter topic Bring discussion. Uh, this is a quote from Axe mm-hmm. during the movie. Okay. <clears throat> um. Oh, every every mechanic knows that a clean bike is a faster bike. Discuss. <laughs> Don't forget the tail of the quote, which is the whole key to the joke, though. <laughs> I I told I, I I don't think I wrote down. Go, so, go ahead and uh, s- set me straight. The last part of it is less drag, duh, because uh, I'm putting wax on it. And the joke is that that particular wax. So have you guys seen the product where you throw it on clothes and you can literally put a throw a bucket of concrete, wet concrete on people and it runs off? Yes. Have you okay, seen yep. that product? Okay. Yes. So my buddy works for a company that develops this stuff and he – he gave me some of this wax that's supposed to have some of this technology in it. So the reason I kind of joke about it is because it's supposed to be like super frictionless, low drag wax. Wait, I saw this in Christmas vacation. (laughs) Oh yes. He he shined the the bottom of the the (laughs) dish with that. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh yeah it, so it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek because of the wax i was using but mm. you know it's a bit of clean. a joke but i'm happy to discuss if that's a hot topic though oh i just i just get crap from everybody because my bikes are filthy and i i try to explain them look sometimes it's load-bearing dirt and you don't wash that off <laughs> <Load-bearing> <laughs> right dirt that i'd never heard before <laughs> uh, you know the grunge is holding that part together don't fucking touch it get don't, that sponge out of here Sax is uh, waxing for speed and Todd is mudding for stability. Mm-hmm. That's yes. right. Different different <laughs> goals, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. I did have a really good friend, uh, Yoda, 
You know, I called him. He's pastor a couple Does of years any ago. any of your friends have normal names? You know, in the books, I intentionally never used a single real name because mm. my books were not exactly something you're going to find next to the Disney section. And mm. I thought, you know, it's better just to two twofold. One is it keeps everybody anonymous. Mm-hmm. The second part of it, though, is because. I feel like that kind of exemplifies my life. Like I kind of live in this weird cartoon world where nobody's real and we're all just strange characters in some kind of a twisted X-rated cartoon. And you carry and guns and that... guitar cases because you like the yeah, movies. Exactly. Mariachi. <laughs> practical. It's and you're practical. shipping motorcycle parts and guitar cases. You know, they make cardboard boxes, right? <laughs> they do, but I use what I had available. <laughs> Um, and felt we're solid. Lastly, um, it's t- t- touched on really briefly in, in the movie. What happened to your girlfriend? Well, so the end of December before the ride. So the ride was in April, the previous December, she called from target and I was actually out working in the garage. And I remember, you know, having greasy hands trying to answer the phone and she'd had a seizure in the target just up the street uh-huh. and they took her to the ambulance and we went and, um, you know, to the hospital, obviously I, I met her there and what they told us, they showed us a cat scan and everything and the layers of her brain, the, there was a whole pattern that the best way I can say it is like Havarti cheese as far as the pitch and size of the holes. Oh. And, you know, obviously the first thing I would think of is cancer when you see something like that. Well, the doctors looked at it and after spinal taps and all kinds of weird tests, they said, nope. You ate uncooked pork in Costa Rica, and that caused you to have a parasite in your brain that's caused these lesions. And it seemed very far-fetched, but I'm not a doctor, so we gave her the medicine that's supposed to kill the parasite, and she was doing fine. And uh, she was also on something else to kind of control the seizures just in case, you know, while it was all healing. And come, you know, I did the ride in April and then in July, early July, she, uh, she had an episode where she got really sick and dizzy and I took her back to the hospital and this time they went ahead and looked a little bit closer and said, well, it's, it's brain cancer and it's bad. And it started as lung cancer, but once it gets to the brain, mm. you know, the brain has this sack around it that keeps a lot of bad stuff out. But if it comes from internally, there's no immune system in the brain and it just spreads. And so, you know, we kind of asked like, hey, you know, six months ago, you were saying it's some weird Costa Rican parasite. What, what, ha- why didn't you check for cancer then? And they, they said flat out, they said it was. The reason we didn't is because it was physically impossible for her to be alive, let alone talking to us, if that had been cancer. They said there's no physical possibility of it, and it was more likely that it was some one-in-a-million Costa Rican parasite, and that's why we did that. We never even tested for cancer because it was impossible, and uh, she was gone by November of 14. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it went quick. It was such an abrupt shift in the movie that uh yeah yeah. and i i did that for you know i did that intentionally and Mm -hmm. i've heard that feedback before that it's it's very abrupt but 
you know, because that's basically how it goes, right? I, I just finished mm-hmm. this great thing and I'm on top of the world and then bam, right? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and the reason I did that is because that's how it hit me. And the book mm-hmm. didn't include that because the book was done before, you know, this all happened. Um, mm-hmm. but I felt like it's such an important part of the, of my story, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, unfortunately people that are destructive, they, sometimes things just get destroyed around them, whether they want to or not, or whether it's our fault or not, but it's, and as I said in the movie repeatedly, my life is not a fairy tale, you know, and I think it just, it, it sort of puts the emphasis on the fact that, yeah, it's not a fairy tale. You know, there are, you know, there's people that, you know, their lives are monotone and they just, everything's fine and fine and stuff. But there's some of us that go through a whole hell of a lot more. And, you know, I just, I thought it showed that and I, I didn't want to put so much emphasis that it, it left the viewer feeling bad about the world because that's not a message she would want, nor do I. Mm-hmm. So I tried to make it like, yeah, it's abrupt because that's how it hit me. You know, I mean, it, it is abrupt. Mm-hmm. It, it is abrupt, right? Like, even though you, you kind of know it's coming, it's, you know, at 35 years old, you know, seeing that, um, Mm -hmm. that's awful. And then, so I tried to kind of go through and remind it's not a fairy tale, but then show, you know, with the end of the credits, like, you know, here's what I'm still doing, but it's a little bit of a different twist, right? Like I'm not running from death. I'm chasing him, you know, in some way almost. And Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a darker view to it, but then tried with the end song. It's like one of the more bouncier songs and just kind of, here's all the fun I've had since then. You know, I've got this new car I'm driving. I've done rides in the Colorado. I killed a deer or whatever and stuff mm-hmm. and try to at least end on a somewhat positive note, you know, and then of course the, uh, the kind of memorial picture at the end of her and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So next up would be the polar bear and the flare. Next up would be the polar bear and the flare. <laughs> logical progression. Right. And Logical uh, projection. <laughs> to to see where you are, your website is ychrome.com, right? Yes, sir. Yep. Okay. You got the movie is called No Limits Dash No Regrets. Yeah. Um, it's been really great talking to you. Yeah. Thanks so yeah. much for coming on, us and telling oh, about your me. telling us about your craziness and for to, for <laughs> planting the idea in our heads that we now need fleers on the bikes. <laughs> just I in case. You what, just uh, in case. <laughs> it's amazing what a difference it makes. That's for sure. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to add this one of the list of things I'm not going to do. I, I forgot to ask him if he actually used a catheter. Mm-hmm. He made a point of talking about putting it on and how painful it was. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious if he had, to, it, it, he showed that you didn't, he did not use the diaper. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. <laughs> I needed to know that. Yeah, I, I, uh, nope. That's, that's a bit too extreme. For me. And he can hold his pee for 700 miles. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't, these, these facts live in my head now. Yes, these are now. I, a, I can't do basic arithmetic, but I know things about acts that I didn't know. This before. is, this is now a thing you know. This, this is, is now a, a thing in your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oof. Instead of math. So that kid lied. What about math? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because he was like, I'm 14. I was born in 2009. <laughs> you get, you got, you got horn swaggled by a 14 year old. Only not. Except not 14. Yeah, I don't know. Uh-huh. Figures. But, well, he also was like, here, listen to this no melody music, which sounded 
kind of like rap, except was not. This, was this kid just like lonely and looking for a friend? Oh, he was lonely. I mentioned Barn, right? Mm-hmm. He was right. lonely. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's all he, coming together. He wanted to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Literally was, anybody. He, yeah. Well, he talked to me. Mm-hmm. So literally, literally anybody. anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's come to this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And so I, I don't know if no melody music is an actual thing, but he was really excited about it. I'm reasonably certain that that would make it poetry. I asked, I was like, doesn't that make it poetry? He's like, no, listen. And there's, there's instruments being played. Oh, and it's, I mean, that's why it kind of sounds like a rap. If it involved that, um, who's that, 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 uh, DJ, um, skill rocks, Skrillex. Mm-hmm. If it was like rap and Skrillex kind of shoved together mm-hmm. and you wanted to sing about the Holocaust. Yeah. It's still sound, it's just sounding like techno Ginsburg to me. It what? It's like, like beat poetry. Oh, okay. Techno. Oh, okay. Ginsburg. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't beat poetry. Okay. No, no, really not. Yeah. Okay. It's been a weird day for you. Hasn't, it? uh, Turkey sat on me. <laughs> what, what have you learned this week? <laughs> I met a fairy. Okay. Uh, I've learned that whatever you're doing on your weekends is way, way weirder than what I'm doing on mine. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we got time for this week. Until next time, I'm Todd. I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next time. You can contact us at wheelnerds at gmail.com or leave us a message at area code 801-917-4136. Record an intro for our show of you and your bike, and maybe it'll be on a future show. Stickers and other merchandise is available at our website, www.wheelnerds.com. If you use iTunes or Stitcher, please leave a review for us. Hell, write our URL on bathroom walls if it helps. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheelnerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent. If you look up, you know, fastest uh, long cross-country ride across country, did I just go in a loop? You looped. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Where did I write it? Mm-hmm. Did I scroll it past Hello, you? editing Chuck in the future. Have yeah. fun with this. Do, do, do. You see, Axe sets himself on fire. Mm. Axe runs through walls. Introduce Axe to the concept of cardboard boxes. If you made it this far, congratulations. You're an idiot. As a reward, here's some stuff that didn't make it in the interview with Axe. Oh, yeah. Another thing. Um, they make a thing called a spork. You that way you don't have to eat <laughs> off your knife. Not a spider go trying to slip the side of my mouth. Just, just you know, just for, for the future, cardboard boxes, sporks. You know, there, yeah, there's I, there's some things. I used to eat off the buck knife too until I cut myself the first time. I was like, oh, I need to rethink this. <laughs> Lost its fun at that point. Yeah, fun fun was gone. Yeah. Yep, yep. I can I can get a military grade export controlled equipment, but I can't figure out spork and cardboard. Oh, how much is that camera? How much is the flare cam? So, it's about the size of a GoPro. Yeah, the first so the first one I bought was twenty five hundred bucks for the Pathfinder two, and that included the the screen that you saw me using on the um, mm. on the tank, right? Right. Uh-huh. And then 
the second one I ended up, let me think here. So the second one, then that camera went back in the Cadillac and I bought a second camera that went in the nine eleven. So that's got it too. And then, but neither of them needed a screen. I, I right. wired it in a way that it just comes up on your nav screen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, you know, you do like a little, I don't know, there's something like, like you hit the mute button four times and then flick the mirror button or something to turn it on. But <laughs> it's some weird shit, right? But, but both of them have it. And, um, and I don't have one on the bike and I've, deb- especially after killing that, tell you what, when I killed that deer a couple of years ago, I mean, you guys have been riding bike long enough to know too, that when you center punch a fucking deer like that, that's a 99% fatality that I, I came out of a corner at 6 a.m. And I pinned that throttle. And the first thing I saw was his body mid spring, two feet in front of my <laughs> headlight. I never hit the brakes. I never let off the gas. And the fact that I was tucked is what saved me. If I would have been sitting up, he would have snapped my neck, but he glanced off the top of my helmet and it jarred my teeth and seven point buck. He ended up laying on the ground afterwards and I ragdolled off that bike. And, uh, I mean, my oh. helmet was trashed on both sides. The knuckles on my right hand, those titanium knuckle things were smashed with like a hammer. It looked like oh. I had bruises on both sides of my ass. That was damn near worn through the leather on the left hip. And, uh, and the, the only thing I could think of is I had my fucking GoPro on. <laughs> I made a great YouTube. No um, one will believe me. <laughs> but I, yeah, but I, I ended up, uh, I picked the bike up and I got it back into neutral and I started it and every headlight, you know, the headlight was smashed. So I put on one of the blinkers on the mirror just to keep from getting run over because it was still dark. And I rode that thing about 20 mile an hour with grass hanging out the panels and everything and made it back to town. We ended up totaling that bike. I mean, I heard everywhere, but I was surviving. So, damn, damn, well, <laughs> damn, covers it. All right. Well, thanks, man. We appreciate it. You bet. Thanks a lot, guys. You have a great hey, one. Take, take it care. easy, man. Bye. Bye. You're welcome. <laughs>